Welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast and to part two of the three-part series of the Meaningless Pursuit of More. Last week we spoke about how despite all that Solomon attained in life, power, wealth, and wisdom, he realized that in the end they were meaningless, if not pursued for the right reason. If you haven't heard part one, I recommend you listen to it now. Here is part two. Remember when God asked Solomon for what he wished for? Solomon answered God's question with the request for wisdom. That is what he wanted. He wanted wisdom. After all, if you had the right, enough wisdom, the world is your oyster. You can get anything you want. So surely he found satisfaction in that. Let's continue with Ecclesiastes chapters 2, verses 12 to 16 and find out. Then I turned my thoughts to wisdom and also madness and folly. What more can the king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise have eyes in their heads, while the fool walks in the darkness. But I came to realize that the same faith overtakes them both. Then I said to myself, the fate of the fool will also overtake me. What then do I gain by being wise? I said to myself, this too is meaningless. For the wise like the fool will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. Christianity.com comments on this passage with the following. Solomon found that knowledge and prudence were preferable to ignorance and folly. Though human wisdom and knowledge will not make a, hap a man happy. The most learned of men who dies a stranger to Christ Jesus will perish equally with the most ignorant. And what good can commendations on earth do to the body in the grave or the soul in hell? And the spirits of just man made perfect cannot want them. So that if this were all, we might be led to hate our life as it is all vanity and vexation of spirit. Solomon realized that wisdom alone cannot guarantee eternal life. We must not build our lives on perishable pursuits, but on the solid foundation of God. Then even if everything we have is taken away, we will still have God, one who is all we really need anyway. This is the point of the book of Job. God makes it clear that what we do here has a great impact upon our eternal reward. So if not pleasure or wisdom, what about satisfaction from hard work? I mean, I know when I, f when I finish a good, hard-working, productive day, I feel good at the end of it. Let's see what he says, starting with verses 17. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. 
For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Amen. Clearly having a a crisis of conscience here. Grit, hard work, late nights, they often get rewarded. He or she is such a hard worker, as if the hard work in itself is a reward. And hard work is something to be proud of, but the real reward comes from the mission of the hard work. You know, kids have that strong desire for that new toy. It's all they can think of until they get it. My kids, they would want a toy so badly that, but once they got it, they would play with it for a little one and get bored and then turn to another toy, another distraction. Because that new no longer became new. Us as adults, we tend to do the same thing. That that new car, that new watch that we want so badly. And once we have it, we realize, you know what? I just want another one. We tend to fall under the same cycle. Only to keep repeating the cycle over and over again. We must not build our lives on perishable pursuits, but on the solid foundation of God. Then, even if everything we have is taken away, we still will have God, who is all we really need anyway. This is the point of the book of Job. God makes it clear that what we do here has a great impact on our internal reward. His marvelous accomplishments left him sour because he pursued them as a means to personal satisfaction. Personal satisfaction by itself is empty because we are alone in the enjoyment we receive. What is your attitude about what you do? If your goals are to satisfy only yourself, you will find yourself empty, seeking one thing after another, just as Solomon did. Ecclesiastes 3 leads to the final message I want to review from Solomon's life. Chapter 3 There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. 
a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been. And what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time to judge every deed. I also said to myself, as for humans, God tests them so that they may see that they are like the animals. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of all the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so does the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place. All come from dust. And to dust all return. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? Amen. To expect unchanging happiness in a changing world must end in disappointment. Everything is as God made it, not as it appears to us. We have the world so much in our hearts and are so taken up with thoughts and cares of worldly things that we have neither time nor spirit to see God's hand in them. Timing is important. All the experiences listed in these verses are appropriate at certain times. The secret to peace with God is to discover, accept, and appreciate God's perfect timing. It may not seem like perfect timing when you are anxiously awaiting a goal or for a tribulation to pass, but the danger is to doubt or resent God's timing. Our finite minds can't comprehend His infinite wisdom. Or it leads to despair, rebellion, or moving ahead with his, without his advice. Your ability to find satisfaction in your work depends to a large extent upon your attitude. You will become dissatisfied if you lose the sense of purpose God intended for your work. We can enjoy our work if we remember that God has given us work to do. Realize that the fruit of our labor is a gift from him and see your work as a way to serve him. What is the purpose of life? It is that we revere the all-powerful God. To fear God means to respect and stand in awe of Him because of who He is. Purpose in life starts with whom we know, not what we know or how good we are. 
It is impossible to fulfill your God-given purpose unless you revere God and give him first place in your life. Ecclesiastes starts with Solomon finding no meaning in wisdom, pleasures, toil, no possessions. As found from Ecclesiastes 5, chapter 5, verses 10 to 15. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to... To the owners, except to feast their eyes on them. The sleep of a laborer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich, their abundance permits them no sleep. I have seen a grievous ill, evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when they have children, there is nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from the toil that they can carry in their hands. Amen. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet because he is free from those cares and fears. While the man, the minds of rich men often and women are often distracted and their sleep disturbed. We always want more than we than we have. I uh, I've been in this position many 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 times. Um, still have a problem with this. What Solomon observed was that those who love money and seek it obsessively never find the happiness it promises. Wealth also attracts freeloaders and thieves, causes sleepless nights, fear, and ultimately ends in loss because it must be left behind. No matter how much you earn, if you try to create happiness by accumulating wealth, you will never have enough. Money in itself is not wrong, but loving money leads to all sorts of sin. Whatever financial situation you are in, don't depend on money to make you happy. Instead, use what you have for the Lord. God wants us to view what we have, whether little or much. With the right perspective, our possessions are a gift from God. Although they are not the source of joy, they are a reason to rejoice because every good thing comes from God. We should focus more on the giver than the gift. As we get further into the book, we learn that where he found his true meaning was from God. The second half of Ecclesiastes is filled with powerful life lessons that Solomon hopes all those who read them learn from his mistakes and his experience. He asked God for wisdom, and though he learned most lessons the hard way in the end, he did acquire the true wisdom of what really is important. Next week, we'll wrap up this series with a summary of words of wisdom Solomon wanted to share from mistakes he made. Thanks for listening to Two Pillars Podcast with Alita Torres. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe and leave me a positive review on iTunes. This is the best way you can support this podcast as it helps to reach other listeners. Join me next time for another episode of Two Pillars Podcast.